So if you are trying to grow your business in what you're doing to be able to get more exposure, a meetup group might be something that you want to consider. So let's dive into that now. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am Adam A. Adams filling in for Jason J. Lou Lewis today. And we, as you might already know, are talking about how a meetup group might be able to grow your brand and you can do more real estate deals through all of the benefits, which we're about to go into, all of the benefits of running your own meetup. So as I record this episode, we're just a little over two years past the beginning of the pandemic that really started back in like March of 2020. And not long ago from the time I'm recording this episode, airlines started letting you back on the planes without wearing a mask. So it's kind of an exciting time. And people are starting to feel a lot more comfortable about getting out in person. They want to go to events. They want to have that IRL experience. IRL means in real life. Sure, you might have your podcast, and that's of a lot of benefit. When you look at the three pillars of influence, your thought leadership platform is critically helpful for you to be able to do more deals, to get more business. And additionally, meeting people in person is one of the other of three pillars of influence. So meeting people in person is a pillar of influence where it's going to allow you to get face-to-face with your customer, with your client, with your investor. So you can do more deals, do more real estate deals. If you're a coach or a mentor, you can do more of that. If you're an attorney, you can do more of that. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. Having a meetup group can allow you to be face-to-face with your perfect avatar, your perfect person that you would be doing business with. And just since we mentioned two of the three pillars of influence, the third one is social media, being somehow active on social media. We're not really speaking of the three pillars today, but those are them so that you kind of can understand. We're talking about meetup groups. And now that it's been well over two years, People are going back. People are excited to be able to be on the planes without their masks, or most people are. There are still a few people that are wearing those masks as I record this when they go to the grocery store. And there's a few people that wear them when they go to the gym and a few people that might wear them on planes too. But that's more of an exception than a rule. It seems as though 90 plus percent of people are stoked that they don't have that additional thing. And what that says to me is that meetup groups are going to be really starting to blossom and flourish, just like they did when meetup first started at the end of 2001. If you remember where you were during 9-11, I certainly do. I remember the exact moment that I heard planes were running into big buildings and maybe the Pentagon and things like that. And I was like, holy cow, I was in Los Angeles in 2001 and I was scared because LA is a pretty big city too. And I thought to myself, I might be in danger. And I was at this huge mall and that's what was going on. Well, meetup.com, the meetup HQ, they were created after 9-11. They knew that people were looking for that IRL experience. I kind of know this because I actually was at meetup HQ. 
I flew out there a long, long time ago in 2018 to speak at an event that they were hosting. So I was one of six meetup organizers that were asked to speak in front of their top 150 organizers from around the world. And it was kind of a really cool experience to just meet so many organizers. At the time, there was 255,000 meetups and they only flew 150 of us out and had six of us speak. And so that was a, a wonderful experience for me. Just it makes me feel really good that my meetup was that well recognized from Meetup HQ. But additionally, I had some extra time that I got to spend on the sixth floor. This is in Manhattan. Meetup HQ, at least in 2008, was in Manhattan. They flew me out to New York. They paid for all my wine, all my food, my flight, my hotel. It was just a wonderful time to kind of connect with all those organizers. But one of the highlights that I got was when I went up to the sixth floor of Meetup. This is where all of the engineers are. So it's just a huge floor with tons of engineers. It's an open floor plan. You see everybody sitting at their kind of like a cubicle, but like they're not boxed in. You know, you can see everybody. And I got together with about 12 engineers. Now, it might have been 10 or 13 or something like that, but I did not count. And it's also been several years, but uh, I sat around with like about a dozen engineers at the sixth floor of Meetup. And I was basically asking them, why was my Meetup pushed in front? Why did I get to be one of the only speakers at this event? I felt really honored. But they mentioned that there were some key things that allowed my meetup to grow. And so in this episode that I really wanted to pour into you, it's to let you know that regardless of what your business is, if you're a real estate investor, it's going to benefit you. If you are an attorney, it's going to benefit you. If you're a coach or a mentor, it's, it's going to benefit you. If you're a lender, it'll benefit you. These meetup principles will help you. And so we're talking about a couple things. We're talking about you attending the meetups and we're talking about you running the meetups. And just so you know, if you want to start a podcast or if you have a podcast now, these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, these eight-ish, nine-ish things that I'll share about how to grow a meetup group actually do involve you to be able to be growing like a podcast. So let's say you want a podcast or you have a podcast already. These nine-ish takeaways that we're going to be talking about, how was it that Adam Adams was able to speak at Meetup HQ on their dime? These principles can also be the same thing in, in many of your businesses and also through a podcast or a book if you are going to have some type of thought leadership platform. So as I mentioned before, Meetups are beneficial if you attend them or even if you run them yourself. Obviously, you can increase your network by attending meetups, by going to places like that. Obviously, you can sell more of your own services, your own products. You can have get more investors. You can find more real estate deals by going to meetups where there are people that have real estate deals, where there are people that have money and want to invest in your company or in your real estate, right? All of these benefits will happen. Most of these benefits will happen just by attending other people's meetups. But it seems that they get amplified, that they are more maybe exponential. They're larger, they're accelerated when you are the person in the head of the room. And so let's think about that for a second. Some of the benefits are 
you can help being attending a meetup or running one, you can grow as a person. You can get more confidence. You can get more practice. You can go through your scripts and your elevator pitch more or whatever. You can get used to talking to people and that can really help you because you'll find that many of them will ask similar questions. So you'll grow as a person. You will gain some skills that really come from practicing that. Additionally, when you have a meetup or when you attend meetups, you might be able to grow your company. So you might be able to find more real estate deals. You might be able to find more investors. You might be able to find more clients for your company. And another benefit is that you could grow your podcast audience. So let's say you have a podcast audience and you're attending other people's events or you're hosting your own event. One natural thing is that people will find out that you have a podcast on that particular subject and they will start listening and they might actually share it with their friend. So you get two listeners instead of just one. So you could grow your podcast, which in turn grows your real estate business or your attorney business or your cookie sales business, whatever it is that you're doing. Going to meetups can grow your influence, your podcast audience, Additionally, it could simply just grow your network because you're meeting more people and some of them are going to put you in touch with their son, their daughter, their mother, their father, their aunt, their uncle, somebody who wants to invest with you, somebody who wants to buy your product, your service, somebody who, for example, if I go to a meetup group, somebody might find out that I do a really good job at helping people grow a podcast, for example. That is one of the things that I do. My company is called Grow Your Show and they might actually know somebody and I'll be able to grow my business. Certainly when I ran the meetup group that Meetup HQ flew me out and wanted to talk about, that was a real estate investing group. It was called Creative Real Estate Lunch Club. And the lunch club was really cool because I got deals, off-market deals that nobody else in that room got. And I got the extra benefit because of you know the network and connecting with people. But additionally, it's because I was the one at the front of the room. Because I was the one at the front of the room that the people who had those off-market deals, they just tried me first. They just asked me first if I wanted that deal. So I was able to kind of... I would have got benefit anyway just by attending. But because I was in front of the show, it accelerated my growth. It amplified what benefits I was already going to be doing. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I want some of these benefits. I want to be able to help grow myself as a person. I want to grow my company, my real estate business, my attorney business, my lending business, my real estate. What are those people? The agents, the brokers. I could grow my brokerage. I think I need to do a meetup. I want to grow my network. I've got a podcast. I want to grow my podcast audience. You get all of these benefits by running the show and they're so amplified. So as I was talking to about a dozen, I wish I counted because I, I hate saying things like that. But now when I was talking to all of the, many of the engineers on the sixth floor at Meetup HQ, they shared with me a bunch of the reasons why my group got placed in front of so many others. And here are the big takeaways that I got from you know that conversation with those engineers that knew the algorithms but also the takeaways that I got from running that meetup group through all of, uh, you know, like 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and part of 2020 before we kind of got shut down. 
We couldn't really do it at IRL anymore. That means in real life anymore. Here's some tips that I gained from years of experience, from running one of the top six meetups in the whole world, and from speaking to the engineers at Meetup HQ, which very few people have the ability to go into the headquarters of Meetup. So here's many of the things that I learned, and I'm trying to sum it up for you so that you get the most amount of impact from this episode so that you can go forth and do what you want to do and potentially have a meetup group. So the first and foremost thing that you really need is you got to identify the avatar. And the second thing is you've got to do your reconnaissance. The third thing is you've really got to make sure that you niche down, find that niche. The fifth thing is we'll talk a little bit about a sign-in sheet. And by the way, as I mentioned before, if you have a podcast, ding, 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 all of these things also benefit your podcast. They also grow your podcast. So it doesn't matter if you are definitely going to do a meetup group, you're going to learn some interesting things that can benefit you to really just grow your influence in whatever it is that you're doing. Number three was niche. Find your niche. Number four is a line in the sand. Number five is the sign-in sheet. Six is messaging. What is your message? How are you leaving your message? Number seven is marketing ideas. That really helped me. Number eight is R&R. That's ratings and reviews. Number nine is consistency. I might tell you a short story about my dad and how I learned consistency and how it really seemed to help me with my meetup group. And the 10th one, I think I told you that I had nine, but there is 10. And that is, you know, number one was identifying the avatar. Number 10 is that you continue serving your avatar. So I want to go through these 10 principles for running a meetup group that also could help you be more well-known in your industry. It could help you grow your podcast. So identifying your avatar is critically important. It doesn't matter if you're for example, a real estate syndicator. And your main things is that you want to attract capital so that your team can close on hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate. If you don't understand who is your avatar, who's your perfect customer, and that customer would be a passive investor, a high net worth individual who is probably too busy to run their own show to invest on their own, but they want to invest with somebody else who knows what they're doing. So You need to first and foremost, understand who is that avatar? Who are you speaking to? And as you do that, you want to know things like, what are they worried about? What do they want to achieve? How many kids do they have? What keeps them awake at night? What stresses them out? Are they married? Where do they spend most of their time? What part of the country are they in? What things like ethnicity-wise you know, cultural-wise, what do they go through? Are they this religion or that religion? Are they black, white, brown? Are they from Asia? Are they from Latin America? Whatever it is, the different cultures make a difference. You know, what is their job title? How many kids do they have? Do they have kids? Are they married? Are they single? Do they enjoy mountain biking, skiing, CrossFit? In no way, as you figure out your identify, figure out or identify your avatar, in no way at all, does this make you prejudice? In no way at all does this make you a bad person. Like, for example, when I identified my avatar in the real estate space, it was Siva Venugopalan. And Siva Venugopalan is a uh, great guy. He's a 42 year old male Indian engineer, 
with a couple of kids with who's already invested passively in a bunch of other syndications and has plenty of capital ready to keep going. He uh, enjoys connecting with people and he enjoys that so much that he, he might have a couple of drinks and stay up a little bit later connecting with somebody one-on-one. Siva loves his bridge engineering job. He really enjoys it. It's a full-time gig for him. And he's built a team and he's doing a really good job. But while I look at this, he wants to be involved in real estate investments. He just found out later on after taking a coaching and mentoring in the real estate syndication space, he had learned that that's another full-time job. And Siva said to himself, F no, you know, maybe Siva doesn't use that language F. He's like, hell no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. This is another whole company. I like what I do. I want to continue doing what I do. So that's how granular I identified my avatar. And when I put out content, I want to make sure that someone like him, who's a 42-year-old, male, Indian, engineer, look, I'm not being discriminatory against doctors, okay? I'm not being discriminatory against somebody who's white or black or anything else besides Indian. It's not like that. You are not being discriminatory against, you know, 20-something-year-olds or 70-something-year-olds because your avatar is, is happens to be 42. You're not discriminatory against somebody who doesn't have kids just because your avatar has three kids. You're not discriminatory against somebody who has seven kids. It's not about that. It's just like it's identifying that one person that you work really well with and making sure that all of your content appeals to them. If you ever heard me say W-I-I-F-M, everybody's favorite radio station, what's in it for me? Well, I believe that Siva asks himself, what is in it for me? Why am I listening to this episode today? What am I going to get out of this episode? Why am I attending this meetup group? What am I going to get out of this meetup group? When I understand Siva and what he's going through specifically, it just allows me not to be a discriminatory person, but by understanding him really, really well, it allows me to serve him best. So that's what number one, identifying your avatar. This is the first thing. And a lot of people, they might start a podcast, for example, and they might say that the main thing that they want to do is raise capital for their real estate business. And that's why they want to do it. And then when they actually start having episodes on the subject or content at the meetup group about this, they are doing content for all people. It's generalized or it's for the operators. And they are wondering, why am I not getting a passive investor at all? I keep teaching people, how do they get passive investors? And no passive investors come. Well, it's because you're doing a dumb move. You're making a huge mistake. You identified the avatar perhaps, but you didn't then think of how do I serve the avatar? So we'll get into that in number 10. Just remember, once you identify the avatar, everything else hinges upon this. Number two, you got to do your recon, okay? Reconnaissance. This is like if you're in the military, you've got to find out if there are any landmines, you've got to find out where the enemy is hiding. Are they going to be in this building? Are they in this building? Are they hiding under that bush? Are they, uh, are they wearing this uniform or that uniform? If you've got to make sure that you're identifying kind of the risks when you're going into a situation, kind of the risks, the rewards, what are the pros and cons? 
what's going to help me, what's going to hinder me. And so that's what doing your recon is all about. When we talk about doing a recon for like a meetup group, what that really means is you're going to go and look at all the other meetup groups. You're going to see how active they are. You're going to see how many people come and attend. You're going to see how many people have joined it. You're going to see like how frequently they have meetings, if they're online meetings. You're going to see if those meetings are on Tuesdays or, if, or are they on Wednesdays or are they on the weekends? Are they always at night at 6.30 p.m.? And, or are they a breakfast club or are they a lunch club like mine was, right? You do your recon to just understand that. Now, this part is more of an art. This part's more of an art than it is a science, okay? Unfortunately, as you're doing your recon, you're just looking for clues. You're just trying to understand, is that guy standing behind that, that bush uh, is that a guy standing there behind that bush? Well, I've seen that uniform there before. It kind of looks like that camouflage uniform. So there, I have a reasonable expectation that that could be a guy with a gun right there. I've done my recon. I don't know for a fact, but I've looked at enough other meetup groups, for example, that I understand what it is people are going for and what it is that's most common. And once you've done your recon, there's a couple of things that you'll think about because on one end, if you see a one topic that's very popular and always has tons of people coming, you're like, I've got to have that topic also at my meetup. But additionally, if there are, uh, if there are topics that you feel like continue to get missed, you want to basically, you want to highlight that as well. And just nobody ever talks about this. And I think it's important. You might be saying in the real estate space, for example, nobody ever talks about how, um, how important it is to make sure that the market that you're investing in has a tailwind versus a headwind. People just say to go to the cheap markets. So you invest in these crappy places and they don't have any tailwind. They don't have any oomph benefiting you, right? Something like that. So you do your recon. Step three is you find your niche. So you've done your reconnaissance. You understand like, what is it that's out there? What are people looking for? What is popular? And then you will niche down. You will make sure that you find a niche within a niche. When I did my recon for my meetup, I was able to find out that a certain amount of uh, you know meetups were met at this time and on these days. What was interesting is that no meetup, no meetup met at lunch. There was like one breakfast club, but it was falling apart. Nobody had, nobody was attending. There were no meetups during lunch. And all of these meetups, uh, you know, at six or 6.30 on, for example, a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, in one, on one hand, as I niche down, I, and I did my recon before, and number three is niche. As I niche down, I thought to myself, I don't think I want to compete with all the Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. Okay. I just, I don't think that I want to be at that same time. And plus for me personally, I noticed that it was harder for me to go to those because with my children and they were in grade school back then, now they're in, one's about to be in middle school and one's about to be in high school. It's crazy. But back then it, they were both in uh, grade school and I was the main person that did homework with them. And so I was doing homework with them every single day. I was the one, the main parent at the time that was cooking them meals every day and and just like a 6.30 thing, 
was so tough because I would be trying to get some of my real estate work done during the day. And then my kids would get home and I'd be with them. And then leaving from like leaving at six to get somewhere at 630 to get done around 830 or nine. And I wouldn't be able to put my kids to bed was real tough on me. And so I just said to myself, what if, you know, this is the art versus science. I said, what if I just had a lunch club? I could easily make it to a lunch club every, you know, once a week. And so I did that. And additionally, to niche it down and do something different, I also made sure that I met, instead of the common thing when I did my recon, the most common thing was that other people were doing about once a month for their meetups. And I said, I'm going to go weekly. Okay. So as I niched, I said, I'm going to be weekly. And additionally, as I niched, I wanted to do creative real estate versus just uh, plain old real estate because I knew a lot about creativity in real estate because I had never let a uh, lack of money or lack of anything really. But really, uh, I guess for the the truth is that in the beginning of my real estate journey, I didn't have a ton of money. Like I, I was pretty broke all the time, but I I knew that I wanted to invest. I knew I wanted to do this. And I just remember saying to myself, how can I? And my choice was, I need to find other people's money, OPM. And that was that was how I figured it out. And I did uh, quite a bit of uh, creativity and to still be able to close on some real estate deals. So my niche was, let's let's do creativity. Let's do that. And so... It was that Adam Adams found his niche as the creative real estate lunch club that would meet every single week. We would also be the only one out there with nothing to sell. And we would spend a significant amount of time networking and a significant amount of time with education. So every event had all of those different things. Okay. And then number four is to draw your line in the sand and draw number four and number six and number two and three kind they, I mean, they're kind of like landing on top of each other, building on top of each other. No one of these could be fully valuable completely on their own. You kind of have to do them all. So just note that, but with the line in the sand, number four, it's, pretty much saying that once you've niched down to something, once you've found your angle with your podcast, if you're going to start a podcast, or when you find your angle with your meetup group or with your company, it doesn't really matter. Once you find that angle, once you've niched down, number three, you need to out loud verbalize your line in the sand. What is it that sets you apart? What is it that sets this podcast apart? What is it that sets your company apart? What is it that sets your meetup apart? How is your meetup different? People have to know so that they can get behind your message. So you've got to draw a line in the sand, which I think I've talked about probably more than once on this podcast about the guy named, uh, the guy's name is, uh, because he's a cave person and cave people have very simple names. And uh was the type of person that kind of thought outside the box. Speaking of creativity, right? He kind of thought outside the box and he found fire. 
as a cave person. And the chief was afraid of fire. The chief said, you know, this is of the devil. Don't do it. So what uh had to do is he had to draw a line in the sand and say specifically to people, to cave people, that on that side of the line, you won't have fire. On this side of the line, we're going to see what fire can do. We might be able to cook our meals with it. It might be able to help us to be able to see at night. It might be able to help us scare away predators. It might help us so that we can be warm and see the stars. We either had to go in the cave and be warm, or we could be outside and see the stars, but we'd be so cold. And now, uh, has this revelation and he's, he's got his niche. And he draws his line in the sand and says, on this side of the line, you can follow me and we can see the great things that fire might be able to do. And so, unfortunately, about half of the tribe stayed with the original chief. But you know what happened? Uh had grown his own followers because he drew his line in the sand. So they came on his side and now he's the second chief ever in the world. Of course, I made that story up but I hope that you totally understand the point. Draw your line in the sand. What we did when we draw drew our line in the sand with our meetup group is we would say things like with the messaging, which is going to come up with six, we would say things like, the reason we meet weekly is because, and then we would tell them why we meet weekly. We would say something like, the reason we emphasize a lot of time with networking and connection is because. And then we would say, the reason that we do this is because. And so we basically draw a line in the sand and we show why is it that we do something differently in, on our show or at our meetup or in our company? Why do we do it differently? You've got to draw that line in the sand so that people can follow you. Number five was a sign in sheet. A sign-in sheet at a meetup group is wonderful. Not everybody does it. It is a piece of paper. It has name, phone number, and email address. And we do our best to require that everybody signs in as they attend the meetup. So when we did a sign-in sheet, the benefits are that you can connect with people on meetup Actually, my company, growyourshow.com, when we help people grow their podcast, we actually use meetup.com as one of the places to find a perfect niche. And when we find that absolute niche in a certain field, we start private messaging the, those individuals. It's a wonderful thing. So you've got that ability. And then also meetup itself, you can send out emails through and you can connect with people there. And so there's some benefit with the meetup. But when we use our sign-in sheet, we get additional benefits because then we actually have the name, phone number, and email for every individual. We also know exactly which event they attended, simple, because we, we have our virtual assistant put all of the names, emails, and phone numbers into a database, and it shows which event or events that that person attends or attended that way, we understand what are they interested in, what kind of gets them to come out. And we, we use a lot of that. We collect a lot of that data to help us grow the meetup group. But also, 
we can call these individuals the next time we have an event just like that because we've got their cell phone number. We could also email them because we've got their email. So we can create a new email list where on this uh, email list, maybe under your MailChimp or your active campaign or your constant contact, whomever you use, I think I'm using that word right, whoever you use, you use him, whomever you use. All right, whomever you use for growing, connecting with your people, that's where you can import these names, phone numbers, and email addresses. And you will be able to send the notification through meetup.com, but also you can have your own email list. You never know. I mean, I trust Meetup pretty well, and I hope and think that they're going to be in business for a long time. In fact, around the time that I spoke at their headquarters, they became a public company. Around that same time, they had just were just getting purchased as a public company. And so they were much bigger. They were They had more of a budget and things like that. But as I say this, I think that they're going to be around for a long time, but I don't know. And so it's also a huge benefit that I can control the list on my own in case Meetup changes how I connect with people, in case Meetup goes out of business. I can still connect with the people that have attended because they've all signed in. So the sign-in sheet is really, really beneficial. I highly suggest it. Then when we go back to messaging number six, which is similar to number three, two, three, and four, where you do your recon, you niche down, and you draw your line in the sand, it's that constant messaging. Remember that I said, we meet weekly because, you remember when I said, we meet at lunch because, you remember when I said, we focus on networking because, well, this becomes the messaging part. Write down if you're taking notes for number six. If you are taking notes, write down by next to the messaging, write down influence and brainwashing. Okay. Next to messaging, you want to write influence slash brainwashing. And I know it sounds horrible. Everybody, nobody wants to be brainwashed. So it's only the only reason I use that red flag word for it is because now I know for a fact you're going to remember this. I know you're not going to forget that we're talking about this because I use that term. The point is, as you're messaging, you want to gain that influence. You want to have that similar messaging where you always say the thing. And because you always say the thing, your people will be influenced to remember that message as well. So here's how to do that. We meet weekly because I read that it takes six to 13 times to be able to start trusting the people that we do business with. And when I notice that, I don't want it to take six to 13 months for me to do business with you or for you to do business with the person sitting next to you in this event. So we decided to meet every single week. That way, in just a month or two, you might be able to start working with some of the people in this room, doing deals with them, doing business with them, having them hire you as a coach, a consultant, having them invest in your deals, having them bring you off-market deals so that you can be more successful. I want you to be successful. That's why this is the messaging. This is why we meet every week. Okay, that's one example. I will share the other two examples because they will help you to be able to be better at this messaging influence slash brainwashing. Okay, so the next two examples were why do we meet at lunch? And then I would say something like this because I knew for a fact 
I knew, I already knew ahead of time that it was a challenge for most people that were not doing uh, real estate at the time, as my thing was all in real estate. It was a challenge for them if they weren't full-time in real estate working for themselves. It would be very, very difficult for them to actually show up for two hours from noon to two in the middle of a Thursday. So my messaging, my brainwashing, the influence that I would share to the room would be the reason why. It would draw my line in the sand and I would explain why we're different with the messaging. And I would have that continuous, constant, never-ending messaging consistent throughout all these events. So I'd say this, I'd say, and uh, one of the main reasons why we meet at lunch is because it's quite challenging for somebody who has a full-time job to get here for two hours. You know, in many cases, you're driving like an hour just to get here. And then you're here for two hours plus networking. And then you got to drive to where else you're going to be going. And there are a lot of meetups out there already that meet at 6.30. And they're perfect for somebody who's a brand new newbie at real estate investing. They've never done any real estate investing because they have a full-time job. It's easy for them to get out at a 6.30 time. I want it to be a little bit more challenging because I want to make sure that the people in this room are, for the most part, doing deals. And can I just get a show of hands? And then I would ask them, put your hand up just if if you've done more deals than simply just your primary residence. Your own house doesn't count as a real estate transaction in, in this case. It, it would have to be that you've done something other than, you've made money with real estate other than your own primary residence. And then I would ask people to raise their hand. What would be interesting is almost the entire room would raise their hand. And then I would show this with messaging or, or brainwashing. I would show this to everybody and I would say, see what, see what I'm talking about in this room. It's like 97% of you are actually doing deals. When I go to those evening things, it's like 70% of them are not. 70% of them are not doing it. Only 30% are. I feel very unique to be in a room where I'm one of the only people doing a deal. But in this room, almost everybody's already doing deals because it's so hard to get here in the middle of the day on a Thursday. So that would be my, my messaging. That would be my influence that I'd be putting on. Now, people are saying, wow, I come here because, right? And then the third thing that I was going to say is that we focus a lot on networking. And I say there are places where they don't, there are meetups out there in the real estate space. There are meetups that do not want you to, you know, connect with other people. All they want is they want to be the head honcho. They want everybody to look at them as the perfect, perfect person because basically they sell coaching and marketing. I don't sell any coaching and marketing. I don't, I don't need to convince anybody to hire me that way. I just want you to be doing business with somebody. I want me to be able to be doing business with you. And so we want to make sure that we've got time on at each of these events where the first 30 minutes is networking, then the next 30 minutes is education, and then the hour plus after that is all networking. So you will come here for education, but you also are going to be here to network and connect with those people sitting next to you that you already saw them raise their hand that they were doing deals. You already saw that and you're going to be able to connect with them and amplify your success. So I would use that messaging, that line in the sand, my fire for uh, the cave person. I would use that messaging 
to influence those people there so that they understood that it was a good place to come. And there was actually one other thing that I would say, I would say frequently, that's why the people in this room keep coming back. And I would even sometimes have them raise their hand, raise your hand if you've been to this meetup before at least one other time. And then like practically the whole room would raise their hand. And now the people that were new that day, brand new, they would see that people do come back to this meetup. And so now it's obvious that they're going to be coming back to the meetup too. So that's how I used messaging number six. Remember, we've got seven, eight, nine, and 10. This is going to be marketing. I'm going to give you some marketing strategies. This is R&R for ratings and reviews, how to do that. And something that the meetup person told me. I'll talk a little bit about consistency, sharing the story about my dad. And number 10 is keep on serving your avatar. So we're just past halfway through on all of this, but I'm actually going to split up the episode. I'm actually going to split up the episode into two episodes. So the next solo episode that you hear from me is going to be part two of these meetup tips. Okay. Part two, which means number seven, eight, nine, and 10. And just, I plan on giving you quite a bit of really helpful value regardless if you want to run the, your own show as a meetup or if you want to start your podcast and use these principles, or honestly, if you just want to attend meetups, you're going to get something out of the next episode as well. But certainly, if you're like, dude, I'm loving this. I'm going to start my own meetup group in my own genre, attracting my own avatar. I'm loving this. I got lots of takeaways already from one through six. Cannot wait for seven, eight, nine, and 10. So I'll see you on the next solo episode with you and me. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box. Think outside the box.